We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody and welcome back to No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, along as always with my good buddy Dan. Dan, how's it going this week? What up, man? Uh, uh, it's going good. Was it July now? I don't know what's going on. Who knows? Uh, I don't even know. Dude, we've got another show in, in store. We've got uh, sports back on TV, kind of. Uh, a little excited about it. Women's soccer is fun. Yeah. Uh, Whole teams know, are dropping having- out of tournaments. That's kind of crazy. We're having new guests on our podcast every week to, yeah. to just keep people entertained. So you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> it's great, man. It's great. Things are good. Uh, vacations are canceled. And uh, yeah, everything's great. What's going on with you? Just chilling. I'm on uh, my furlough from work right now. Been uh, mm. been not working for the last week and, and on furlough again for this week. And I will go back to work quote unquote next week hopefully not in the office still working from home but you know we'll see it's a so negotiation does furlough mean paid nope oh, it is like not- yeah that's why it's like so a company will furlough somebody to save money so basically it's forced unpaid time off but you you still have a job you have a job and like my company's still playing paying for like benefits and whatnot so like i still have health oh. insurance and all that stuff but like i'm just not getting a paycheck from them so like i can go gotcha. through un- um, unemployment and like all that um which you should right uh, ideally am. yeah i am okay. and, and you know i should get unemployment pay for the couple weeks that i'm not working but but yeah mm-hmm. you know i mean it's is it an ideal situation no but you know yeah. i also have two weeks of time off where thankfully through unemployment and, and you know the extra money that the federal government's giving i'm gonna just about make what i normally would have made so mm. it's basically like a two-week vacation even though there's not much you can do because you know it's, coronavirus it's kind of crazy like my, my sister's brother's girlfriend was like i'm making more money off unemployment than i did at my job and i was like how does that make sense seems like that's an indictment of capitalism <laughs> <laughs> like you i just don't get it yeah why would you want to go back to work if that's the case? <laughs> well, like, it's just like, how about we just pay people money that they can actually live on so we don't have to worry about our people not making enough to live. That's, you know, this has yeah. been your weekly polit- political rant with Jimmy. Rough so. stuff. Well, dude, we used to be, you and me used to talk movies a lot. You know, we yeah. had the AMCA list. Things were, uh, things were great, man. You and I were seeing movies like on a weekly basis. And yeah. uh, 
I don't know when we'll ever see a movie again. I, I know there's I some know. movies coming out in August, but movie theaters are like continuing to push their dates back. Yeah. They keep pushing Tenet back, the new Christopher Nolan movie, which looked mildly interesting, but I just like, they keep pushing it back like two weeks and then two more weeks and then two more weeks. And I'm like, Chris, come on now. Like this movie's not coming out July 31st. That's going to be the new, new mutants that's been pushed back for like a year or two years or whatever it's been. Wow. So, and I know like AMC, they were not going to make people wear masks and then they are going to make people wear masks. And I'm just like, I don't think I feel comfortable even with people wearing masks. Just like, it's not worth it. Going to a theater. I wish so. I could bring my own chair and just like set up shop in the back so I don't got to touch right. any of their stuff. And it's like, yeah, I don't have to touch nothing. I mean, uh, if you could get me like a sterile bubble and I could just go everywhere in a hamster wheel <laughs> and like do it that way, then that's one Big thing. Big old bubble soccer. Right. Thing. Become bubble boy. But Dude, I, I had a dentist appointment today and warm, like my first time ever seeing anybody I had to wear a mask, get temperature check, sanitizer, all that business. And, uh, I was just curious. I was like, you know, a lot of people are in an uproar about wearing masks, which I'm like, what the hell's the matter with you? Like, what, don't you have something else to get mad about? You're mad about having to wear a mask and right. potentially save lives? Whatever. That's a whole other conversation. I don't know why it's political, but it is. But I, I asked her, I was like, if you had anybody like in an uproar about wearing a mask? And she's like, we had one person who didn't want to answer the questionnaire. And bro, the questionnaire was just like, have you felt feverish in the last two weeks? Have you done this in the last two weeks? Have you traveled? And the guy was just told them like, I'm not going to answer that. And she's like, okay, well, we can't see you. And he's like, I'll find somewhere else. And she's like, well, we're, we rely on CDC and American Dental Association. I'm sure every other dentist office does. Right. Good luck. Yep. I had a dentist and, appointment a couple of weeks ago and yeah, they had the whole questionnaire and then they had like the little like laser thermometer. They shoot at yeah. your forehead to like check your temperature. And I was worried because I had just worked out and I was like, I feel hot as shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> But that's not how temperature works. No. Uh, but dude, it's weird because uh, uh, I, I don't know. It's it's uh, now masks are mandatory. But like, what's what happens if you're not wearing them? Well, mandatory in Kansas, not in Missouri where you're at. Yeah. But you got like a slap on the wrist. I you're not know. wearing a mask. Here's Missouri's a citation that's <laughs> here's a citation that's equal to not picking up your dog poop. Right. Like, what do you do? I mean, thankfully, Jackson County in Missouri, which is where I live, has mandated masks as of oh, today yeah, yeah. July jackson 1st. county has you're right so that's good um wear a mask people like there are so many like people who be like, well you know the virus microns are too small yeah. for the mat and it's like that's not how this works there's not single virus molecules coming out of your mouth they come out in droplets from you speaking from Bro. you sneezing from you coughing and go online there was a a, a doctor um from a research university i forget where it was, it was back east where he just did um a test where he he coughed and sneezed and sang onto petri dishes without a mask and with a mask and just showed the bacterial growth and it's like shockingly different and he's like Mm -hmm. yes i know bacteria is not the same as a virus but the point of this is to show that the aerosol droplets that come out of your mouth which are the ones that carry the virus are being stopped by just cloth masks so wear a mask bro and have a little fun with it like i've been rocking a sporting mask and and the bagger at whole foods just right away he goes how, how are they going to do in the yeah. tournament? Yeah. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. And I was, I just said, bro, it's going to be a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> I said, much. no one's played soccer since early March and yeah. uh, everyone's going to be, be weird. It's going to be different. So, yeah. but they get $65 kind of sandwiches. Right. I should have been like, <laughs> you know what I should have said? I should have said, uh, bro, I listened to this really 
great podcast. I get all the best information. Uh, <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, I listen to them. They're kind of a bunch of idiots, right? And yeah, I'd be like, yeah. oh, boy. And you're like, oh, that's that true, up. too. But <laughs> That's true, but we love them. Yeah, they try their best. <laughs> no, but the um, sandwich thing. Touch on that. You sent me that God. tweet today. Yeah. This little sandwich looks like cold cuts I could put together in two minutes. Right. So Omar Gonzalez, um, center back, he was the one who tweeted, tweeted out a picture and I think someone sent him this picture because Toronto's not yet in Orlando, but it's a, uh, it's a box that's got a banana, a cup of potatoes and the saddest looking sandwich. And you're like, okay, that's not great. But like, you know, box lunch, I've had a box lunch before. That's kind of what it is. But then he also tweeted out a picture of the menu and it's 185 bucks for the day's worth of food, $45 for the breakfast, $65 for the lunch and $75 for the dinner. So this gross ass sandwich which by the way they described as house roasted prime new york strip loin horseradish creme fraiche brilliant savarin cheese black batard red roasted potato salad like man this looks like a gas station sandwich and freaking disney world is charging 65 dollars per sandwich no i'm not surprised disney world is charging that much money for stuff but i am surprised that these players aren't getting the food they need to fuel their bodies Right. To be, I don't know, professional athletes. Now, this is, to be fair, Paul Tenorio just tweeted this out. Like, this is not the food they will be eating every single day, apparently. Right. This is like the food they get while they're under quarantine for the day when they're waiting their uh, test mm. results. Because, like, they get right. to Orlando, they have to be tested and all that stuff. But still, like... Well, tomorrow you... they'll get a Mickey Mouse pretzel and some Dole right. Whip. A, a turkey leg <laughs> and a churro. Oh, 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 oh. Don't tempt me. <laughs> but, like, here's my deal. Like you think freaking LeBron James when he's up in, you know, the uh, Grand Destino Hotel, like when he's waiting for his quarantine results, you think he's getting a gas station sandwich and he's going to be like, just cool with that. Like that's not what the NBA's getting. Nah, the King's getting caviar, man. Right. So, you know, come on MLS. You know what? You can do better. That's interesting. I don't know. But, um, you know, we are going to have a, uh, a special guest on the podcast today. So, um, we're going to welcome in uh, the voice of Sporting KC, Nate Bucati. So Nathan. that'll be fun. We'll, we'll talk with Nate all about his career, how he got to this point, his time as a KU Jayhawk, and uh, you know, then what his thoughts are on Sporting KC and, and how you know, sports broadcasting has changed during the pandemic and all that stuff. But um, we do want to touch cool. on a, f- a few other things before we welcome in Nate. So let's, let's do this real quick. Um, got a couple questions out there. I know that. No new reviews, so you all are really failing at that if uh, you <laughs> have to do that. No new reviews. So leave a review, five star, yeah, on uh, Apple Podcasts it. or wherever you listen, if you can. Um, but let's go a lot through of people a- have, though. A lot of people have. Thank you so much. We've got almost 200. Not, yeah. What are you waiting on? So Yeah, so do it. Um, before we get to the questions, here's a couple of topics I want to touch on. Did you see that on uh was it fox sports kansas city yeah they're gonna be uh launching this series called become one sporting kansas city and it's gonna start by recapping the first couple games of sporting kc's 2020 season yeah and then they'll a very sort of... short series very short <laughs> and then they'll look ahead to the mls's back tournament and kind of preview it and i'm like okay that's kind of cool like get people that's excited nate's a part of right nate nate could talk more about that I believe so. That's a good thing. We'll add that to yeah. the question list. <laughs> um, we'll definitely ask him about that. So that's kind of cool. I mean, get people excited. So. Yeah. I mean, we'll recap it. I mean, if people think about it from this standpoint, for you and me, that doesn't sound that cool. 
because it's like, all right, it was only two games. We watched them, probably watched them a couple times because it's been almost four months. You know what I mean? Right. But to people who right now are maybe like, oh, MLS is back. I'm not really an MLS fan. I'm going to be a fan. I live in Kansas City area. I'm going to follow Sporting Kansas City. Now they can go and get the storylines and see what's going on and what, what's the roster looking like? What were those two games like? Why should I be excited? What should I right. be worried about? For those kind of people, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's going to be a good way just to, to you know, it's like I imagine it's kind of like at the beginning of a new season of a TV show when they're like previously on Westworld and then they do like a little like five minute recap of <laughs> oh, the God. season I that hope was it's not two Westworld, years ago. We're all going to be lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it'll, it'll, I mean, I remember what happened the first couple of games, but I just think it'll be, it'll be interesting. And for the people that may have checked out and been like, what's been going on for the last few months, you know, hopefully they'll have some footage from training or something like that. Be kind of cool. For sure. Some interviews, even if it's some interviews that have already aired on sportingkc.com, you know what yeah. I mean? Like just throwing some things in to put together a program because as we know, stations are starving for content right now. So right. do what you got to do. Right. Uh, speaking I mean, of Oh, go for it. I was going to say, WWE showed the entire Boneyard match from WrestleMania the other day, <laughs> which yeah. I didn't hate. I was like, yeah, yeah that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of the MLS's back tournament, obviously that kicks off on July 8th. And there are some teams who have already been in Orlando, arrived in the, quote, Orlando bubble. Um, a few days, I think there are five teams down there as of this recording. The San Jose Earthquakes were the mm-hmm. first team to arrive. Sporting two players to- have tested positive. Yes, they've had, I, I want to say, 300 or so tests in Orlando. Yeah, like 330 or something like that. Yeah, between players and staff. And a couple players have tested positive, and then they have a whole sort of – That was a given, though. We knew. Yeah, you. they have a whole protocol, okay, of this is what they'll do now. Um, Sporting's first game is not until July 12th, and they have to be in Orlando for at least seven days before their first game. So SKC's not leaving until July 5th. They're leaving literally yeah. as late as possible. And that's cool because, for one, they're able to train. So there's no reason to rush down there just so they can train some more. And right. it's hot as heck here right now. I mean, heat index today and tomorrow is, like, reaching about 100 degrees, right. 105. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, – I think Peter Vermees said something pretty interesting. He's like, well, we're not, we're not going early because we're not planning on coming back early. You know, right. we're planning on staying there through this whole thing. So why do we want to rush yeah. home? His exact quote was, our objective was it was more important to get down there as late as possible because why would you think you're going home early? We think we're going to stay late. So it was better for us to be at home longer. There you go. So I'm all about it, man. Go win this tournament because we don't know if we're getting a season. It's like what, what we said to Tim Milia last week, man. Like, obviously, you guys are going to go try to win this thing because there's right. no guarantee you're going to play any more games this year. Right. And then, Peter, you know, he was also asked about, like, you know, are you going to take all the young guys? Are you going to leave some to play with SKC2 and the USL? Like, what are you going to do? And, and Peter was just like, I'm taking all of them. They're all healthy. Yeah. So I'm taking He's them. like, if they're healthy, they're coming. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, that's awesome. Good for him. Sure. Um, I think that's important. So, I don't think that – I don't think there'll be a whole lot of squad rotation, though. I don't think they'll, he'll need to. No. Um, it'll be fun, though, man. And we, we won't get into previewing a game too much yet. I think we can really hit no. that uh, next week, really, to preview yeah. the first match. So For sure. He also did talk about, um, you know, sort of what the transfer market might look like. Um, You know, he did say, you know, that there's a lot of discounts that are going on in this window and the next window. And he was like, the question is, are you willing to take advantage of it? And then he said, you know, 
for our side, I'm really glad we were able to make the acquisition that we did with Alan Pulido prior to this happening, because I don't know if we would have been willing to do it now. So that's, I mean, I assume that he's talking from a financial standpoint, but. Probably so. I mean, it's uh yeah. Also because as a player who wants to go to another country, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just kind of scary. I mean, unless, I don't know, unless the country you're currently in, like the U S for instance, is a, in a bad shape. Yeah. <laughs> so if we've got 4% of the world's population and more than 25% of the world's deaths, yeah. it's not great. It's, a, it's doggone fire sale. We got American players trying to go play in Mexico and Europe and stuff. <laughs> right. I, uh, but I mean, yeah, imagine how frustrating it would be as a fan base. You're waiting years and years and years for that number nine. And you're like, okay, you know, maybe this is the year, like we're just going to do it in the summer window and then a global pandemic happens. And then it's like, sorry, can't get that number nine. That is peak sporting Kansas city though. Like that's something we probably would have done because we haven't gotten that number nine in so long. So right. it's really cool that we finally did. Right. So that's interesting. Um, and then just, you know, speaking of, of other transfers, did you read this article or hear the interview on the BSA podcast, BSI podcast where uh, Matt Beasler opened up a little bit about potential transfers after the world cup of 2014, because there were some yeah. interesting landing spots. I heard that. That was interesting. I can't remember the, the landing spots he mentioned, but. Uh... Sure. So there was, there were rumors about him going to England. There was definite interest. And Beasler said uh, the closest was probably Fulham right after the world cup. They were playing in the championship at the time. Um, and he said, Fulham was probably the one that I had the most control over. And I was seriously considering at the time. Uh, so there was That's that. Crazy. And ultimately, obviously, we know he ended up staying in Kansas City. But this was the most other interesting part to me. Uh, is he also said, I know that there have probably been a couple other potential teams. Um, who knows what goes on behind closed doors with Peter being general manager. I'm sure he gets all calls all the time. There was a time in 2015 or maybe 16 where he calls me into his office and basically said, hey, I know you've been benched and it's a tough situation for you. You're the captain and you've been here forever but there are definitely teams that are interested in you. And I just wanted to let you know that in the years past, I've always let people know that are in your situation. And some guys want to get out of Kansas city and try something new. So if you're one of those guys, let me know. And Beasler said, he basically said, no, I'm good. I want to fight for my spot and I'm going to prove to you guys uh, that I should be playing. And then Beasler was like, I wanted to know who the team was and Peter wouldn't tell me. So he said, he went, left the meeting, got on the phone, started calling around and found out that the team that wanted to trade for him was Orlando City because they just got into the league and wanted a proven center back. So there's a weird alternate universe out there where both Matt Beasler and Dom Dwyer are on Orlando City and also Yuri Rozelle, and they really just try to recreate 2013-2014 Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> so. It's pretty crazy, man, but props to Bees to be like, you know, I want to stay here. Like, for one, I've got some roots going. Right. starting a family here i'm from the area uh you know wanted to yeah. stay and fight so yeah he had he had the opportunity and he's making decent money here so whatever it is what it is yeah i mean i don't blame him and, and obviously he's remained a captain and a consistent starter and i think you know we're all glad to have him so uh let's get to a couple questions here before we welcome in nate um one of our listeners, Chip Colmia, said, uh, with COVID-19 cases identified in players and staff before the MLS's back tournament, what, if anything, do you think will be the breaking point in terms of canceling the tournament, or do you think money talks and it will go on? 
What do you, you anticipate a cancellation? I, I don't, is there talks about cancellation? I don't think, I mean, there's, there's oh. talks amongst like media members and Twitter members or Twitter so users about like, what, you know, is this smart? Like when will the league ever, like, will they get oh. to a point where they say it's not worth it? But there's been no indication from the league no. that that'll happen. I, I, it's not smart to answer that question, but I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's happening. I mean, I don't, I can't see them canceling this thing. Right. I think that the most likely cancellations of sports is number one, baseball. I think there is just not a very good chance of major league baseball season happening at this point, even you don't though they think have, it's going to happen, huh? Well, because they're not doing like they, their plan was to still play in all of the home stadiums of all the teams. And like, how in the world are you going to do that? And then it's like, okay, well, we're going to try to play in Arizona. Well, no, Arizona is like one of the worst possible states right now to be in, as is Florida. Right. So they're like, okay, let's play at Disney World. Well, you can't really do that probably because now the NBA is there, Major League Baseball is there. There's a lot more people involved with a baseball – or excuse me, Major League Soccer is there. There's a lot more people involved with a baseball team traveling. Uh, Disney World supposedly opening up soon. So – I just, I don't see baseball happening. And then the NBA, they're not supposed to start until the end of July, but the NBA players, one, seem to have more power than MLS players, and two, seem to be a little bit more openly concerned about the safety issues surrounding restarting the NBA season. So right, MLS, I think, is going to power forward no matter what. And to their credit, the positivity rate of players who are in Orlando has not been very high yet. So if they can keep that bubble relatively contained, which is a challenge... I think they'll be able to get through it. Uh, I would have a hard time believing that we're going to have a season after the MLS is back tournament at this rate. I just don't see how that's possible. That's tough. That's so tough. But so, um, and then one other question we got uh, from a user named Craft Punk: uh, most difficult and the easiest match that, and the match you are most looking forward to out of the MLS's back group. So we have RSL, Minnesota, and Colorado. So who do you think, you know, hardest, easiest, and most looking forward to match out of those three? I got to say, you know, I'm going to go with that third match because I, I'm most looking forward to us kind of getting in a rhythm and starting to, you know, the more matches before to tune up, you know what I mean? Like you're going to play better. It just makes sense. Right. Whereas what could be very interesting is that first match with Minnesota, everyone could be straight trash. Yeah. Straight garbage. Yeah. But if, what am I trying to say here? That 8 a.m. game, also going to be some garbage. Like, it's yeah. going to be so weird, bro. I mean, I, I've played at like 9 a.m. And I don't mind it because I feel the most alert and awake in the morning. But professional right. athletes don't have to do this. It's just going to be so weird. So, I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, it's um... – so I think regardless, even if you don't take into account order of the game, I, I was going to say Minnesota is probably going to be the hardest opponent to play just because, to me, they're the best on-the-field opponent. So add good. on top of that, that's the first game. It's just going to be a weird game, both for them mm -hmm. and for sporting. Uh, that's the most hype one, though, because it's the first game back. So, I mean, yeah. that is the one I'm most excited about. Me I sound too. like Peter Vermees. I'm only worried about the next game. <laughs> <laughs> I think the easiest one um, is going to be Colorado, both for on-the-field purposes it's the second game back so they'll be in a little bit of a rhythm and it's a night game uh 7 p.m central 8 p.m eastern the weirdest game and and it's going to be that rsl game they're a good team um but also 9 a.m eastern 8 a.m central like that's going to be weird as hell 
Hey, isn't it weird that all three teams have like Kansas City ties with Opara on Minnesota, Kamara on Colorado, and then Nick Beasler on RSL? Like, yeah. it's kind of different. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I think all three of them featured on the Sporting KC show a week or so ago. Yeah, I mean, and it's also like the all of these teams know each other very well because yeah. you know geographic um, proximity. Obviously, the history between SKC and RSL and SKC and Colorado. One point or another, yeah. Right. And, I mean, we've played Minnesota even before they came into MLS, like, a number of times in the Open Cup. So, there's there's a lot of history between these teams. But, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Getting closer. Agreed. So, we'll see. Um, at this time next week, SKC will be in Orlando and we'll be uh, ready to preview – what that first game against Minnesota United might look like. So talk about that more next week. Absolutely. But I think now's a pretty good time to transition into our conversation with Nate Bucati. What do you say? Yes. Bring him on. All right. So stick with us guys. After the break, we'll be joined by the voice of Sporting KC, Nate Bucati. Woo. All right, everybody, and welcome back to No Other Pod. We are joined by the voice of Sporting KC, and you can also hear him on uh, 810, the Border Patrol, Nate Bucati. Nate, how's it going? What's up, guys? Good. How are you? Good, good. Just hanging uh, in there, man. Yeah. <laughs> trying to survive. <laughs> Did um, you like the way I really tried to force that energy there and act like everything's great? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like there's a pandemic. And, it's a mindset. You know. I'm just telling myself everything's great right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> it's all fine. 2020 not a single problem. Um, but you know, how, how are you doing? You know, you, you've got young kids and, and it's quarantine and you, you've got broadcasting that you have to do for a living. So I'm sure that's been disrupted. So how, how have the last few months been for you? It's a mixed bag like everybody else. I'm sure. Um, yes. I, I would say that my wife and I have an amazing knack for timing by deciding to have our third child right before a global <laughs> pandemic um, and, and all heck breaking loose. But in all seriousness, on our front, on our home front, we really have no right to complain. Um, taking a couple pay cuts here and there, but in terms of work, I'm still working. I have my jobs, knock on wood. My <laughs> wife is actually working a lot more even than normal because she's in the healthcare industry. She's a hero, by the way. She is absolutely the definition of one of the people that deserves our love and admiration and respect right now. So I mm -hmm. can't say that enough because that really is something that has become incredibly personal and um, something I'm, I'm passionate about at this point in time. I, I, I could not respect or revere my wife, um, the work she does for other people. And then she comes home and is a mother to three and, and still breastfeeding a baby and all these things amidst this all. So she's the real, um, she's a real MVP in our house, but she, so she's still working though. So we're blessed there too, that, that we have income. Cause I know that that's not the case for everybody right now. And, um, so in that regard, good. Um, it's busy, but I, again, I'd rather be busy and it's a little stressful because I, I think we're all kind of wondering about the future. You know, where, yeah. where are we headed with all this? Um, but I will also say that I spent a lot of time at home and with youth sports for the most part being canceled for a long period of time. It's been a reset for me and my kids and my wife about actually like valuing our home, our house and, and the space around it and the time together. And maybe we don't need to be rushing to every single kid's activity all the time. 
Yeah. Um, and, and that actually has been a blessing. You know, we've spent time in the kitchen. We've spent time at the dinner table, uh, spent out time in the backyard. And those were the things I remember about a lot of my childhood that I valued the most. So that part's been a blessing. And, and um, overall, we're doing okay. We really are. And, um, and, and, and obviously, there, there's a lot to worry about in the world. But in our little sphere of influence here, we'd be, we'd be pretty inappropriate to complain about situation right now. How are right. you guys? Dude, it's, I was telling Jimmy before, it's, it's not tough, man. I was already working from home twice a week. So now I'm just home five days a week. There you and go. It's, uh, yeah. But like you said, you start to think about things and it's like, things aren't as important as you made them before. Right. You know, it's, we can do without a lot of this stuff. Let's not rush back into it. Yeah. But here we are with soccer, maybe uh, on the horizon here coming back. So, and you're still very much a prominent uh, voice with Sporting KC. I mean, you got Matt Beasler coming on once a week on your morning show. Uh, you're still on all the uh, sporting videos, still doing the Sporting KC show every Tuesday night. Um, what, what's, what's it been like to like modify your work routine? Like when, when it first yeah. happened, how hard was it to do it right away? Because obviously the, it's shock right away. You know, it's, it's weird. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it, it's, it's kind of a, to me, this whole thing has been a testament to the adaptability of a, of a person. Mm -hmm. you, you get into your routines, but when you're forced to get out of your routines, at least for me, it kind of seems like, well, this is what we're doing now. And, and you, you, you get, it, it took me a, maybe a week or two to settle in. I, I had a couple of meltdowns on the kids where some expletives might've flown around the house. And, <laughs> you know, if I pick up one more granola bar wrapper, that's not in the trash can, I'm going to lose my mind <laughs> type of thing. Um, it, but, but overall, I, I felt like the adjustment from that standpoint went pretty well. Um, I'll get real with you guys here in a second. Um, if, if you're into that kind of thing on the podcast, but yeah. one of the things I really enjoyed actually was the chance to go back. One of the things, you know, we, we brainstormed at Sporting Kansas City and like, how can we create content that keeps people interested, engaged, and maybe stuff that, and, and, and no idea is a bad idea. Let's throw it out there. And we started doing those player commentary games where mm -hmm. I would sit down and zoom call, watch a game, a, a classic game back with two or three of the guys that played in the game. And, we would just talk the game and I had a blast because I'm, I'm a soccer fan. I'm not a former player or anything. I, I mean, I played it at a high school level. That's it. Right. But I, I'm a, I'm a fan. And for you guys, I would guess you'd be the same way. If, you, yeah. if somebody told you, Hey, you get to sit down and watch back the MLS cup from 2013 with Benny Failhaber and Matt Beasler you'd geek out over that. Right. And, and Absolutely, that's how I sure. felt every time I got to do one of those games, like, man, this is a cool opportunity. What an experience. And the other thing, I don't know about you guys, but maybe it's because of the nature of the morning show where we're covering, we, we have to have four hours of material every day. I feel like I constantly have to be consuming the present tense. If there's a game on tonight, I have to be watching it. If there's something happening in the world of sports tonight, I'd have to be watching that. So because of that, for the past, I've almost been doing it for 15 years. I haven't really sat down and watched old games back. Um, I, I'm ashamed to admit I hadn't watched the 2013 MLS Cup back yeah. since since it happened. I was there live. Um, it was really a cool experience to go back and watch a lot of those games, and especially some of the really, you know, I don't, I didn't really have any memories of the 2000 MLS Cup game in DC at all because I mean, 20 years ago. Yeah. Watch that with Peter and Carrie was really incredible. But in terms of your, and I'm giving you a long answer here and I'm sorry, but um, no, you're good. When you, when you asked about um, the adjustment thing, I, I will put this out there right away. I, 
I am a crier. <laughs> I am the kind of person that when the sad movie comes on, my son and I are the ones in tears and my daughter and my wife are laughing. At <laughs> oh, that's just, that's just the dynamic here. Nothing wrong um, with that. I'm fine with it. I, I am. I'm, I tell my son, I'm like, Hey, if you're crying because you care, I'm fine with that. If you're crying because you got an owie, maybe we need to toughen up a little bit, you know, <laughs> but, um, but, but I came to tears, like, like not just a tear in my eye, but like sobbing at the dinner table one night. I don't know if you guys remember CBS put out like a video that was right during the NCAA tournament. Like the pandemic was maybe only two, three weeks old at the time in terms of us being in lockdown. And they did a commercial that showed basketball courts empty, the master's course empty, college football stadiums empty. And they, and it was, it was a silent commercial with just words on it that said, you know, things like we miss you. We miss this. We miss Mm -hmm. this event. We miss being together. We miss the, the, the applause. And then it, it, I'm going to get choked up thinking about it again, but then it showed a dad holding his baby. And he said, but right now, this is what's important. We'll be back. We'll get back to all this, but this is important. And my wife comes around the corner and I'm just like crying hysterically <laughs> at the table. And, and I didn't know why, honestly, I didn't know why it hit me so hard. Um, I, I mean, it was like ugly cry, you know, like the, yeah. <laughs> the blubbering idiot cry. And, and, and then we were talking about it and, she, you know, I, I think part of it was for me that this pandemic has really reminded me how important sports are in my life, which is ironic because like what we just talked about earlier, Daniel, was that, you know, this also pandemic has reminded you that you maybe get caught up in things in life that are not that important. We devote too much time to things that are not important. And I'll be honest, I've spent the last I don't know, 10 years of my career loving sports, but really thinking that they're not important. Like I've been a dad for 10 years now. And I've been thinking like, you know, all the stuff I used to get so like, you get so emotional, team wins and loses. Uh, that stuff isn't that important in terms of as, being a fan or whatever. And I still kind of do believe that, by the way, like this is our, this is our release, but sports themselves are important to someone like us. It matters a lot to have this, to have something, the juxtaposition of being at that watch party for the Chiefs when there's 15,000 people there that are from all these different things that divide us right now. You know, mask wearers, not mask wearers. Uh, People, you know, on, on all sides of the political divide, we're all there cheering together for the Kansas City Chiefs and brought us together. Um, Just those types of moments, the, the things that we love about sports, I realized like, I really miss this. Mm -hmm. I really miss this in my life and watching that video and then tying it into the family part at the end that, Hey man, but what's more important now is I've got to protect my family. I've got to, we've got to stay in this house and try to be safe. And um, I don't know, man, a long answer, but that really, that was the moment. That was the biggest moment of this whole pandemic that hit me in the chest and made me think about some things and, and kind of made me, so excited that we have sports coming back now. I think I'm going to attack them with even more um, energy. And I don't feel like I was one of those people that ever took my job for granted or didn't love it, but it's given me even more perspective. Like, man, they were taken away from us. You know, we didn't have sports for a long time. And when we get them back, I'm never going to take that for granted. Yeah. Well, one small little piggyback off of what you said there. Uh, There's no, you know, there's no denying your fandom for, Sporting Kansas City and sports in general and just the city in general. Yeah. Um, but when you're broadcasting, you do a pretty good job of, of separating your fandom and, you know, being a professional. Um, 
how hard is that? Because obviously you hear it in your voice when you call a Graham Zussi goal, but you're also equally energetic if it's a Timbers goal or something. Is that, is that tough to do? Because you probably hate to call for the Timbers. You know what? <laughs> it's, it's funny that you say that and that you mentioned Graham Zussi. I know it's probably because of that stupid Graham Zussi president <laughs> call, but, but, but it was actually a conversation at breakfast. And now if I'm in Seattle, I still remember my first year on the job calling the games. I was, we were in Seattle and, and there was like a hotel breakfast area and Graham was there and I ended up sitting with him and chatting for a while. And he started asking me questions about play by play. And he brought, excuse me, he brought up goal calls for the other team. And he's like, do you, are you, do you get excited? Like, do you raise your voice? Um, for a goal call when the other team scores or do you act like disappointed and, and upset? And I said, I don't know. I, I, I think somewhere in between, I think I, I, it's a big moment in the game. So I think my voice should reflect that it's a big moment in the game, but I, I guess I'm not trying to sound too excited because I know I'm doing it for the Kansas city broadcast. And he, you know, Graham is a very quiet guy and mm -hmm. doesn't really just throw his opinions out there unless something he really cares about. And he very passionately said to me, I can't stand the broadcasters who act disappointed when the other team scores. He said, I think it is unfair to the players on the field that worked so hard to, to score that goal and a goal. Can you hold on for one second? Yeah, I'm going take to time. take my son off his video game. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Sorry. No, you're good. I it was, there was a warning issued before this podcast started. <laughs> Dad's about to do a podcast. There will be no yelling into the microphone while you're playing Fortnite, and uh, we couldn't handle ourselves. So Had to show the red card. Consequences have to be uh, delivered. Sorry, guys. No um, worries, man. But Zussi said, and, and, and he really, I mean, he gave a really thoughtful, almost like a speech to me that, you know, scoring a goal in soccer is such a difficult undertaking, and it requires so much. And it's such a special moment for the guy who did it and the team that was involved in it that you owe it to them to give it a good goal call, to, to, be, to have some level of excitement and appreciation for that moment. And that always stuck with me um, because, like I said, when Graham says something, you listen because he's not like me. He doesn't give a 10-minute answer to every – to you know, what time is it? Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, is it hard? That was your question was, was how hard is that? Um, there are times when I do have to kind of hide my, I don't know if disappointment's the right word, my negative emotions. Um, and it's a tricky balance because, you know, you, you, some fans want you to play it straight down the middle and not, not take favors or favor any side. Some fans want the homer that, that's just completely on the side of their team. And I, I try to find that balance of, uh, of making sure that the home fans feel like they're getting what they want from their home broadcaster, but also – aware of the fact that these games are streamed on ESPN plus and people in other places might be watching this people in other countries get the feeds of our highlights. And yeah. I, I want those calls to sound professional and, uh, and be worthy of the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, on a personal note, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with what you actually do during the broadcast. Obviously you are for a Kansas city, uh, primarily a Kansas city audience. And, and so it, it makes sense. But, you know, I think back to like, um, you know, big goals that other teams have scored in, in the years past. And I, I do think you um, and whoever your broadcast partner is, and I know it's changed a couple times over the years, but you do a, a pretty good job of, of acknowledging the gravity of that situation and, and goals don't come cheap in soccer. And so mm -hmm. when, you know, um, 
I, I think just, you know, not that my opinion matters, but I think you do a good, good job. And there. No, your opinion, everybody's opinion matters, but that's one of the tough things about broadcasting guys. And the same way with your podcast is it's, it's so eye of the beholder. You want one person loves that you do this and another person hates that exact same thing about yeah. you. And you just have to kind of find your own voice, but I do listen. I mean, I listen to feedback. I care about, I mean, you guys, are, your opinion matters a ton. If I were a chef, I might know everything in the world about cooking, but if you go in there and sit down and hate what I cooked, that opinion matters. You know, I can yeah. sit there and tell you, no, you should appreciate that because that's the way you're supposed to pan sear something. But you know what? <laughs> really, it's, it's the person eating it that matters yeah. and you guys yeah. are consuming it. So your opinion matters a lot. Well, so when you were first asked to take over the Sporting KC broadcasting duties, play-by-play, what, what was your, your, your first reaction? And, and how is it, you know, we mentioned that, that you've had a, a number of different partners for various reasons. Um, what's it like working with a different person, you know, sometimes year over year? And, and how do you find that, that chemistry with, with a new person um, yeah. as color commentator? Well, your first question in terms of um, what it was like when they, when they approached me about the job, at, at that time I was working pre and post game stuff for the Royals and I was doing um, KU basketball, women's basketball play-by-play and um, KU football sidelines. And to be honest, I, I, I grew up a Jayhawk and I know some people hate that about me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, but I, but I did. And, and I, I always thought like Bob Davis had the coolest job in the world when I was a kid. And, and I was in position to at least be in the running for that job. And I knew he was going to retire in the, in the relatively near future. And what, to be honest with you, one of the biggest reasons I had become such a big sporting fan, I, I love the sport of soccer, but I wasn't required to cover it that much. And so I was a season ticket holder and it was the one sport where I could take my son and my wife to the games and at the time it was just one kid and 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 yell at the refs and drink some beer and be be a fan you know <laughs> be silly be be the things that I used to be as a kid growing up going to games and um I was worried about losing out on that to be honest with you I, I was worried about not getting to sit in the stands with my kids you know I was worried about maybe losing some of the fun of it and um the guys at sporting were really, really cool to me because I told them that. And they, and I also was a little worried. Like I'd only, I hadn't called a ton of soccer. I'd done a lot of play by play in my life, but only a limited amount of soccer. And so that was another concern I had. And they said, look, you're going to, you know, your, your family will come to the games. It'll be a family outing when they come, you'll have, you can have dinner with them before the games. They treated me really well in that regard. That, that was a huge component to me. So my wife, God love my wife. Again, I know this is turning into the uh, Kelly Bucati love fest on the show, but <laughs> she brings she brings two and now with the baby the first the first game of the home game of the year. She brought our baby son and the three kids all to the game, and that's not easy to be a parent taking a at the time. I mean, she's been doing it since my son, my oldest son was five, and my my youngest daughter was two and a half. And that's not easy, um, mm-hmm. and, and she brings them to all the games. Sometimes they leave at halftime when they have to, but we have dinner together beforehand. And so instead of it being a Saturday night where dad's just off at work, it's a family outing and that changes the whole dynamic. And that, that was a big thing to me. And when it came to this job versus the potential of getting to be the voice of KU someday, uh, my wife uh, who went to KU as well as a big KU fan, she sat me down and and we talked about it. My, My family, 
they were like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> they, they thought it was, you know, cause they're all Jayhawks too. And, and my wife said, this is what you love the most. Uh, you love sporting Kansas city. You love the sport of soccer and this is what you're supposed to be doing. And that really was like, okay, let's do it. You know, let's, let's go for it. And, um, and I haven't, I mean, honestly, this five years has been the most I've enjoyed anything I've ever done. So, um, it's been, it's been awesome. And I'm sorry, I don't even remember. Oh, the part, the second part of your question was about working with different guys. Um, I will admit it's a little bit of a challenge to develop that chemistry. It it takes a little while. Um, I, I, I don't know what I'm great at and not good at, or what I'm bad at as a play by play guy. I have certain things I think I'm bad at certain things I think I'm good at. I do pride myself on being well uh, able to work well with a lot of different types of personalities and different types of announcers. So I really enjoyed working with each one of the guys that I've had a chance to work with so far. I, I really have. And I, and the best part is I've learned a lot because from Andy Greenabom to Matt Lawrence, who spent 16 years playing in the English championship and captain yeah. the team in the FA cup final and Jacob Peterson over a decade in, in MLS and, and, and played in the, um, uh, it wasn't the Academy. What did they call it? And now I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking, but, but, but on the residency program yeah. with Freddie Adu and Michael Bradley and all that, I, I have learned so much about the sport of soccer just by getting a chance to sit next to those guys and watch games that I've really appreciated every minute of it. It's, um, and I, I really don't have a bad thing to say about any of the guys that, that I've done the games with. Sure. So is there, um, maybe it's, just trying to build that chemistry, but is there like something that maybe the average viewer doesn't realize about how difficult it is to broadcast live sports or, or what would you want to tell people hmm. where they, they don't quite know sort of all the ins and outs of like what it actually takes to complete a broadcast? Wow. Um, I'll tell you what, if, if, if you're talking about TV, the thing I would say is, and this is actually the part that I love about it, but it is, a, it's a challenge, right? Um, you said mm-hmm. what's difficult to me I played team sports all the way through high school and I'm the idiot that's still out there trying to play in the over 30 league and yelling at refs and stuff, you know, and I, and I know I need to knock that off, you know, but uh, I like to play team sports. I've always been, um, there's something that, that, that makes you feel alive about being the part of a group. Um, And my, it's funny because my wife is exact opposite. She always played individual sports growing up. She danced ballet and she hated group projects she doesn't want to rely on somebody else because she's a perfectionist and she knows how things are supposed to be done. So she would rather do it all herself because she doesn't, she doesn't, she can't stand it when someone else on the team doesn't do their job the right way or the way she thinks it should be done. Um, I, on the flip side, I think there's a special feeling about when a group of people come together to make something special happen because you get to share the responsibility and share the joy and I guess I'm a, I'm a people person. I like that communal feeling. And so what I'm getting at here is a TV broadcast is the closest thing to playing a team sport that I've ever gotten to do in a work setting. Because, you know, and, and I wish every person that watches games could go watch one game in the TV truck one day to see how much is actually happening. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're sitting there on the couch, and I'm the same way, when you're sitting on the couch watching on TV – you see the picture and you hear a couple guys talking and you don't really, and everything's just kind of happening. And so you don't really think about when you're in the TV truck and you have the producer, the director, the technical director, the video 
there's three to four, depending on the size of the broadcast, sometimes more video replay guys that, that are each taking in six different cameras and watching all the different vid, you know, cameras and all the camera guys are on the same, are on headsets and the graphics coordinator and all those guys are talking and all those guys are, and, and women are doing different things. And it is, I remember I used to, when I worked for the Royals, I worked out in the TV truck doing the score bug, you know, the, the box up in the corner that tells you what the count is and mm -hmm. who's on base, which is a lot more labor intensive than doing soccer. For the most part, you, there's a goal <laughs> score, you hit a button, you know, but in baseball, it's like every pitch. And for the first couple of years I did it, I'm like, I can't tell what is going on. Like I know when they call my <laughs> name and tell me to do something, but I don't, there's so many things happening. I can't keep it all straight. And then you start to learn what all is going on. And, and, you know, it's, it, there are so many people that all have to know how to do their jobs and expect what the producer or director is going to tell them to do, pay attention to what the announcers are saying. The camera guys are paying attention to what we're saying. So that if I'm giving a long speech about Graham Zussi, one of them knows to go get that zoom in shot of Graham. And um, if, if I've been talking about how physical the game has been for some time, one of our replay guys is listening to that and decides to put together a package of all the hard fouls that happened in the first half so that we can show that later in the game. That kind of chemistry, um, when it comes together, that's a team effort, right? And, and you also know in the sport of soccer, you can be the best forward in the world. And if you get no service, you're going to look terrible, right? <laughs> you can be the best midfielder in the world. And if all the passes you make are turn, immediately turn into a turnover because the guy can't handle it, you look like a bad midfielder. Um, you can do your job and look bad because of somebody else. You can also make somebody else look bad because you're not doing your job, right? And so um, that, that team aspect of it is something that I really enjoy. And we have a great team, I think. I think we have one of the best broadcasts in the league personally, not because of me, but because of the guys. We got a bunch of guys that love the sport. And, and there's a, to be honest with you, there's a lot of other broadcasts, in my opinion, in the league that have a lot of guys that are independent contractors that kind of, they're, they're going to work a soccer game one day and a rodeo the next and something else. And they're just yeah. there taking a paycheck. Now, most of our guys, man, they love the game into it. They know the sport. And uh, that makes, I, I think it makes for a better product, you know, for sure. Man. So I'm a, I'm kind of a sucker for, for a good Vermese story. And I, <laughs> I know we all, we all love the gif that surfaced out of that Vancouver game this year, you know. Yeah. Uh, Nate, has there ever been like a question you've asked him where, and then his response kind of made you go like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, has he ever caught you off guard with anything? Um, you're talking like on camera or, you know, during an interview? Yeah, yeah, something on the record there. Because he's very straight-laced. I mean, he's not going to yeah. stray from anything. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's, it's interesting because – for whatever reason, he, he has I – mean, people that live in Kansas City know, like, that I – Ned Yost and I always had a thing where Ned would always kind of slap me down with, with whatever question I asked. He would find a way to disagree with it no matter what. And I feel like Peter used to always do that with Jake, Jake Yodrich. We used to laugh yeah. about it, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and maybe it's the curse of the sideline reporter. Maybe when you're the guy down on the sideline, you get that treatment. And being the play-by-play -play guy, for whatever reason, you don't. And, and most of the interviews I do with Peter are – during the week or before the game and that's a different situation than when you're at when you're the guy sticking a microphone in his face when his adrenaline's going right after the game is over um so i i can't really think of any times where i asked something and peter looked at me or, or said anything like 
you know, he was, he was livid at me. I've had it with a lot yeah. of other guys, but it hasn't really happened with Peter. <laughs> I'll tell you this, maybe the most um, significant things that's ever happened with me and Peter, he's actually given me pep talks in life before that had me going, yeah, that's why this guy's one of the best coaches I've ever been around in my life. Wow. Because he is paying attention to everything that's going on around him. He knows what's happening and he knows when a person needs a kick up the bats backside. And he knows when somebody also needs an arm around him, like going, Hey man, you're all right. You know, hang in there. And, um, I, I like, I don't like to talk about this much, but I'll tell you guys, like, um, the first thing I thought of when you said it was when, when the whole stat sheet flap happened with me at the KU basketball game that, um, a lot of fans were really, really mad at me and it was a really stupid thing that I did. And, and, um, I'll regret that one for the rest of my life. And I try not to talk about it much, to be honest with you, because I, I, I wanted to <laughs> become a distant memory. <laughs> um, but I was feeling down. I mean, I was like, man, I, I, I embarrassed my family. I embarrassed the team. I, you know, this, this was such a stupid thing. Why did I, you know, I, I, I didn't intend to ever offend anybody that much. And I was really beating myself up a lot. And Peter called me aside and I won't get, I'll give you all the quotes because they were some great <laughs> ones. But he called me aside, and I thought I was about to get lit up by him. Because the organization, you know, they, they took some heat because of me. And, um, and I thought, oh, gosh, here we go. And he, put, he, he did the arm around me thing and said, pick your head up, man. We all make mistakes in life, you know. And he gave me this great thing about, you, you know, you got to look yourself in the mirror and be able to, to move forward and learn and grow. And, and you're going to be fine. You know, just, just pick your head up. You know, carry yourself with pride. You've done a lot of great things in your life. And don't let people take that away from you. Hold on to that and move forward. And I'll tell you what, it, it was the most significant conversation I had through that entire time. And um, I always appreciate it. I'll, and, you know, I hope he doesn't mind that, that I'm even sharing that because it was a private conversation, you know. But when you said that, that was the time. That was the most, like, surprised I was ever by something he had to say. And, and it, like I said, it was an increasing, like, an incredibly impactful moment in my life. Yeah, it's amazing. I can imagine he's probably uh, probably mad that you've made him sound less scary. <laughs> right. But you know what? If I if I think had I not taken it so hard, like I was really down. I mean, I was down on myself. I was upset with myself. Had I been walking around, probably acting like, yeah, whatever. Forget all those people that are mad at me. I, I you know, I got it made. If I had been walking around like that, I think he would have given me a kick up the backside and said, "Hey, man, wake up. You know, this was stupid. You shouldn't have done that." But I think he read. I, I believe, I mean, he, you know, he might see it differently, but I, I believe he read the situation and was like, this guy is down on himself. He's taking this really hard and he needs, he doesn't need another person kicking him in the back right now. He needs somebody picking him up. And, and I think, like, like I said, I think that was my little window into that's why this guy is so good at what he does. We see um, a lot of the, we see a lot of the him getting after guys and stuff, but you'll also notice that there are times when the team goes out and has a terrible performance and he'll walk into that press conference and tell everybody how great the team was. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we played fine today. We should have won this game. And, and, and everyone's like, what is he talking about? And I'm telling you, that's because he knows that's what his guys need at that time. They need yeah. somebody to stand up for them because they're already getting beaten down by the fans or whatever. He's got a sense for that. And I think that's a, that's a good manager right there. Oh, for sure. And, and uh, kind of shifting gears real fast. I know we're kind of running low on time with you. Orlando, man. Orlando's coming. We had Tim Melia on last week, and uh, the overall idea, the overall feeling with Tim, I'd say, was 
yeah, I guess, I guess we're going to play. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 they want to play, but they're kind of skeptical about this whole situation. I mean, what are your overall thoughts on this? I mean, it's, it's, are we even going to get soccer after the tournament? It's kind of like go hard now because you don't know what's guaranteed afterwards. Yeah, it's a metaphor for life, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right, right. Everything's day by day right now. I, I, don't, I don't even really want to make any predictions on anything because this whole situation seems to continue to change. I'm very hopeful that we have a regular season because I don't get to call these games on TV. You know, this is an ESPN deal. So we're doing radio here, which I think will be fun. They're going to have a season ticket event um, for the, for the two night games coming up where they're going to quarter off the field. And so everybody can safely socially distance and watch the game on the pitch, which I think will be a really cool experience. So I think we're going to call the game from out there, which I think will be pretty neat. Um, and, And I'm looking forward to that. I, to be honest with you guys, I volunteered to go to Orlando. I, I wanted to be down there and oh, wow. a part of it. Um, but they want to keep the broadcasters home. And that all the teams, I believe, are doing that because you're only allowed to send one media representative from your team um, down there. And we're sending Carter Augustine, and he's got a yeah. chance to crank out, like, daily content for you guys, which I think is a smart move. It's the right move. Um, so I'm not complaining that I didn't get to go. And to be honest with you right now with the numbers down there, you're kind of like, no, maybe it, maybe it's a good thing. I've been told that the bubble's really tight. I know that there, you know, the, the, the service people in Orlando are are going to be free to come and go. I think Orlando or Disney is going to keep a really close eye on those people because that's the one risk I think that you run. Um, I, I hopefully because the bubble is so tight, they're going to be safe and everything's going to go well. And, and I'm going to just – I'm going to believe that. I'm going to hope that. Um, I, I think that what happened with the Orlando Pride players is a wake-up call, hopefully, to all the players that this is serious. You know, you run the risk of jeopardizing everything if you try to break out of this bubble, if you act irresponsibly. If a breakout happens on one of the teams, you run the risk of jeopardizing everything. And hopefully that, that was kind of a warning sign for everybody. And we get this competition because I, I'm, I'm dying to call some games. I'm dying to watch some games. I don't want it to come at the risk of anybody's health or safety. Um, so hopefully it all comes together. And hopefully, and this is my appeal. This is not a political statement. This is nothing but a person who wants to have sports to call and, and to talk about. Hopefully everybody starts wearing their masks when we're out in public and starts taking this a little more seriously again and realizes that we are not out of the woods in this situation at all. Um, And if we can do that, hopefully by the time the tournament's over in August, we've got the numbers back down and we can go start playing games in our venues and have a season. I really want a season. I think this is a good sporting Kansas city team, but if we don't get the numbers down, you know, that's going to be a real problem. So but they're doing it in other countries. It can be done. It's happening in England and Germany and Italy even right now. We can do this if we will just kind of decide to stop fighting and come together and, and be responsible is kind of how I feel right now. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we, we both 100% agree with you. And if anybody should know, it's somebody who, who works in healthcare. And if it's somebody after them who should know, it's somebody who's married to somebody who works in healthcare. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, like you said it before, but, you know, we can't thank people like your wife enough who, who are on the front lines fighting this. And, and like you said, they are the real heroes. So, um, you know, for, for their safety, for, for the, the risk, the at-risk population safety, 
hopefully, yeah, we can all come together, put on our masks and, and try to, to get this thing under control. Um, I look at it this way. The fewer of us that have it, the lower of a chance that any of our players get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if, if, if 15% of our population has it, they're going to spend some time in that, that population. If only 3% of our population has it, they have a lower chance of getting it. So even if you don't care about yourself, <laughs> you know, if you love soccer, if you love your team, yeah. we get the numbers down, then they're in a safer space where they can, they can exist and go play. And we'll all yeah, get back to Children's I, Mercy Park faster. Yeah, I think I yeah. saw a mask that said, keep Patrick Mahomes safe, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep Matt Beasler safe, for yeah. God's you sake. Go. You know? There you go. So I uh, can't let you go with just ask, without asking this real quick. Um, what was it like to be on Family Feud? And <laughs> were you the one who gave Steve Harvey the Sporting KC jersey? Well, so here's the thing. I was not allowed to give him that jersey directly um, because – there are really strict laws about game shows in this country because of, there's, a, there's a movie that was made about it. But way back in the day, some game shows were getting fixed and uh, they were trumping up the drama and fixing them. And so the government got involved and like they cracked down on it big time. There can be no hints of impropriety or bribing or anything like that. So they literally would not let me give I wanted to present him with the Jersey. You know, we, I, I went to um, Chad Reynolds and, um, and Thomas Earl, the guys that, um, and, and, and kit man, Mike Flaherty said, Hey, what if we got Steve Harvey, his own Jersey with his name on the back, that'd be kind of a cool thing, you know? And so they did it. And I tried to give it to him and their producer said, we, we he can't accept any gifts. Um, but if you give it to me after your show's over, and you guys are done playing however many games you win or don't win, we'll give it to him. And so I didn't know if he'd ever really get it. Um, <laughs> honestly, the first time, I think it was the cauldron that tweeted out the picture of him in the jersey. Yeah. I had no idea that it, that picture even existed. And, I, and, 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 and Thomas Earl from uh, Sporting um, texted me, was like, you pulled it off. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. I was like, I pulled what off? What are you talking about? It's like, have you not seen Twitter today? And then I got on and I saw the picture and I was like, that is such an incredible picture. It's like Steve Harvey smoking a cigar, you know? So that turned out awesome. Um, but, uh, but it was a blast. Yeah, we, we lost every, if you saw it, we had a huge lead. We, we blew it. Um, but uh, we had a great time. It was a really cool experience. And I, a huge Steve Harvey fan. So getting to meet him and we got to, we got to spend a little time with him on stage. Oh, the coolest thing, darn it. I, I, um, sorry. I know you guys are probably like, well, this guy shut up and get off no, the show. You're good. Um, Dude, we have as much time as you have. <laughs> so, so, uh, he, so, so they probably our our episode probably took an hour to tape. There was an hour's worth of content and then they, they cram it into 24 minutes or whatever. So they edit a bunch of stuff out. He goes to every family member and asks them where they're from and something about them that makes them interesting. You had to, by the way, fill out all this stuff and audition to get on the show. They want people that they think are interesting. The only reason my sister asked me to be on the family, I think, was because she thought I had an interesting job and that might help us. <laughs> I swear that's the only reason she invited me. So, and, you know, so I said I was a play-by-play announcer for Sporting Kansas City. And so Steve Harvey asked me to do play-by-play of him scoring a goal with a header. Oh boy. In front of the crowd, in front of the studio audience. And so I gave like a big, you know, Molly Bucati brings it down the left wing. She puts it in the box and it's Harvey. 
And I, you know, and the whole crowd went crazy in the, in the, the theater there. And I was like, you know, Steve Harvey with his beautiful shiny bald forehead smashes at home. And I, I was like so excited. And he was laughing and the crowd loved it. And, uh, and it didn't make the cut. Oh, um, no. And it, because I think because we went all the way to overtime or whatever in that game. And, and so I, I, I emailed the guys. I was like, can we, I at least get a copy of that? I, I just want the video of me like describing Steve Harvey scoring a goal to Steve Harvey. What a moment for me. And they're like, yeah, we're not allowed to give out any of the videos. You, you know, you, we can't, we can't send you anything. So I, so I don't have it. They're like only the people that were there that day got to witness it. There's no recording of it, which really is a bummer because that was like my favorite moment of the whole thing. That's too That's bad. cool, man. I remember when he asked, I, I watched it when it aired for the first time. And when he asked you what you did, like your, your genuine love for the city and for sports <laughs> in general, just like shine through. I was like, look at Bukati geeking out, man. He's loving it. It's awesome. <laughs> you know, you can't fake it. I mean, I, I, yeah. I think um, that, that is, uh, it's something that my wife has pointed out to me several times because, you know, you talked about doing games with, uh, with former players um, that are, uh, color analysts and not all of them love, love calling games that much. You know, they, they, they like it, but sometimes, and I'm not talking about any of the guys that have done the sporting games with, but I've worked with a lot of former athletes and some of them love it. And some of them look, look at it as work. And my attitude, I was talking to my wife one day about, it, I was like, I, I don't get it. Like why, why, we just sit around, we watch games, you know? And she said, that's because you've always wanted to do this. You love this. And then I was like, oh yeah, my <laughs> wife loves ballet. If I was, if I was asked to go like watch ballet every night, I wouldn't, I'd be like, oh man, I gotta go do this. I don't mind watching it every once in a while, but I wouldn't want to do it every night. Right. Uh, but when it's something that you love, you don't stop and think, oh man, I'm going to call a sporting game tonight. Like I've never had that feeling in my life. It's like, <laughs> I get to go call a sporting Kansas City game. This is going to be awesome, you know? And, um, and so I feel really lucky for that. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Well, hey, I think, uh, you know, I speak for, for all sporting KC fans where, you know, we can say that we're glad to have you as, as the voice of, of SKC and, and as the voice of, of sports in Kansas City. Uh, so, so thank you for all that. And thank you so much for, for taking some time out of your day to, to join us and talk Absolutely. with us. Absolutely. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. It's it's this is fun for me too. That's why you get fifteen minute answers for every question you ask me. So thanks for uh, thanks for putting up with the long winded answers. Not at all. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, we'd we'd love to have you back sometime in the future. So just let me know. Yeah, take care. And uh, yeah, where can people find you on social media? So yeah, if if you dare, um, I guess Nate <laughs> underscore Bucati on uh, on Twitter. I think it's I think it's just Nate Bucati on Instagram. And uh, I do have a TikTok page, but it's mostly manipulated <laughs> by my 10-year-old son. I had to admonish him to stop posting comments on things under my name on TikTok, but I won't allow him to have his own TikTok page yet because I'm that dad. Um, so I don't know what my, I think my TikTok handle is just NatePukady too, but there's not much good content there to be honest with you. Okay. Well, follow Nate on TikTok and maybe one day you'll get Peter on TikTok. Who knows? Yeah. We'll <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be something. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nate. Um, we hope that you and your family uh, and your wife stay safe um, with everything too, going guys. on. And yeah, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. All right. See you guys. Thanks. Take man. care. All right, man. That was Nate McKinney, the voice of sports in Kansas City. Holy hell.
That was a fun. Really had to really had to pull all, all sorts of had to pull answers out of him. He was real tough to get talking. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. No, nah, man. He just, dude. He puts off this energy that just gets me excited. You know what I mean? Yeah. It gets me like passionate about things, um, mostly sports. But I want him to come like, I want him to like come to my job with me and be like, you need to get this report done. And just <laughs> I'll be like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. He does play by play of you going to hand it in. <laughs> Who's down yeah. the left flank. He goes, hands the report in, and it's done. He's approaching the deadline. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to do it. <laughs> I uh, The other thing that I took from it, well, there's a bunch of things I took from it, and, and we don't have time to, to debrief all of it. But Wear a mask is one. What One, wear a damn mask. My <laughs> yeah. God, people. If you don't listen to us, listen to Nate. And if you don't listen to Nate, listen to his wife, who's a literal healthcare worker. Yeah, um, but two, I would love a life pep talk from Peter Vermees. Yeah. How do you do that? Is that like, uh, is he on Cameo? Uh, can you can you sign <laughs> up to get a Cameo? He does not know what Cameo is. <laughs> no, definitely not. We should get him on Cameo because that would yeah. be, I mean, give you some kick in the butt, man. You having relationship issues? Peter's got you. You, yeah. you, you. Are you feeling stagnant at work? Peter's on top of it. Yeah. So um, pretty cool, man. I mean, yeah, that, that's an interview that I'm going to go back and listen to a couple times over. And, and, and we got a bunch more questions we could ask Nate at a future yeah. date because he's such an interesting person. Hopefully but. in person one of these days, maybe we'll get to do something, uh, you know, long down the line. So yeah, I if think one of the people wear things, masks, yeah, bro, <laughs> I always want to get a Peter for me story. And I didn't know if it was going to happen, but I was like, let's see, let's see if we can get something. Yeah. Uh, I know there was one time that Peter did give Nate crap or not crap, but he like commended him for Nate's Spanish. And Nate was like, Duolingo. Like, I think he was learning <laughs> some Spanish or whatever. And Peter was like, well done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Peter, Peter, I think Peter has a pretty good sense of humor. You just have to find him at the right time. For sure. So. I, I, it's, it's great, man. Can you, dude, that's a pipe dream for me. It's to like have Peter for me. He's on this podcast sometime. Yeah. I don't Maybe know one day. how to ever make that happen. That's why it's the, possible. I think we'd have to do it in person and, and we'd have to hit it at just the right time. But, you know, apparently Tim claims people know who we are in the club. People know so, us. Nate we'll knows see. us. Nate's aware of you. He's seen you in media stuff before. Yeah. Uh, he's aware of me because he was there when I painted the wall and I interact on social media and whatnot. But it's good stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I, I don't – I'm already thinking in my brain who we need to get on next week. I don't know, I don't know where we go from here. Yeah, and next week will be the first uh, Sporting KC game that we have to preview in months. That's so. right. I mean, I and and they'll someone will already, they'll already be in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, we got we they're they're gonna be bored. They're gonna want to talk. July eighth will be the first game of the MLS's back tournament when this podcast drops uh, or the next episode of this podcast drops. So that's right. Um, it, you know, it's uh, it's gonna be exciting. Hopefully, everybody stays safe. But we'll talk all about it next week for sure absolutely so, um anyway you got anything else for our good listeners or no I, I forgot all about that stat sheet thing with nate i, I uh, i'm surprised he brought that up because see I, he wants people to forget about it and i'm like yeah. i already had <laughs> yeah. so but it's a good story but, uh, yeah really good story mm -hmm. kind of crazy to think about like you were on television you know doing something silly and uh people, people make mistakes out for it so and they learn people make mistakes that i mean come on that's the worst thing he does in the public eye yeah. I think it's all right. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at no other pod at Dan Kuzer at JC max zero three, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash no other pod, or shoot us an email, no other pod at gmail. 
sportingcasebook.com. Uh, make sure you leave us that five-star rating and review. And if you haven't yet bought your Sporting KC slash KC Wiz wristband, make sure you go and check it out at Added Time Outfitters, promo code NOOTHERPOD. Uh, get your 10% off, and it's pretty cool. So shout out to all of you who have already done that. Uh, but until next week, he's Dan, and I'm Jimmy, and we'll catch you all later. See ya. Wear a mask, bitches. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.